Hello, you beautiful individual. Welcome back to the channel. This is BC Babbles, and you're what? Yeah, ha ha ha. Jesus. This is Casual Babble. Hello, you beautiful individual. Welcome back to the channel. This is BZ Babbles, and you are enjoying another episode of Casual Babble. Welcome back. It has been a couple of weeks. Couple of weeks, and they've been a very interesting set of weeks, to say <laughs> the very least. My goodness, I hope your week was good for you. This week and the past couple of weeks have been unexpectedly... Not roundabout, but not following any particular structure either. We'll just say that for sure. Uh, well, let's catch up real quick because I feel I owe you, well, that much and so much more. But your boy is officially between careers. It's happened before. It's happened a second time. Here we are. Sans income and just looking for the next thing to do. Anyway, I will say that <laughs> how the um, departure from my previous organization, and I'll take this moment to say that I currently do not speak for any organizations that I previously mentioned that I worked for in the past, and as I am currently, again, between careers, I currently speak for no particular corporation, but will that stop me from speaking on my experience? <laughs> Absolutely not. That's the whole point of the show. If we can't have a conversation about work experiences, what the hell am I doing here? Damn, he was sweaty. How you doing? Okay, back to the show, okay? So yes, um, very unexpected, though I did feel the day of there was a bit of a different flow in the water and not one that was going to be particularly productive. Now, what happened? Well, it involves the podcast and involves the fact that I was bringing coworkers onto the show. And let's just say to bland it out, there was a culture clash and that kind of resulted in the departure of ways between myself and previous organization of employment. So here I am. Now, what am I doing with that? Obviously getting fired, unless it's a job that you absolutely abhorrently hate, which I did not. I loved the job. But when this happens, what are we doing with that? So did I take a couple days to get really upset about it? Sure. Did I take a couple days to maybe cry about it? Sure. Did I take a few days to be like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Sure. I did. Who doesn't do that? In the past, I've done that for a couple weeks, but this is different. I am not going to spend that much time losing out on what could have been a good opportunity, but ultimately, you know, it was going to be treated by me ultimately as a stepping stone anyway, but I digress. So what am I doing with this opportunity? See, I said opportunity, not loss, not distraction, opportunity. What have I done so far? So I officially was, well, on the books, officially let go on the 19th of August. I'm recording this on the 9th of September, and I guess I'm not going to consider the couple of hours I worked the morning of the 22nd, whatever. But so what am I doing? What have I done so far? So after my couple of days of being like, <laughs> oops, um, well, technically the day after I 
initially got in trouble, we'll say, is when I recorded the episode that I had with Brittany Kanaski. If you've not seen that yet, she's awesome. She's a life coach and she works primarily with millennials and helping them to develop habits for better success. Check it out after this if you haven't seen it yet. Really, really good episode and I think you'll enjoy it. But... So I had that episode, which was a nice kind of reprieve during the weekend because I spent the entirety of the rest of that weekend between the 20th and 21st mentally warring over what was going to happen. And obviously, ultimately, I am no longer with that company. So what I do after that, didn't get too upset after that, took a couple days in mourning of the job I had. Um, But then after that, I was like, you know what? I was going to try to be here anyway, not like unplanned. But of course, in the future, my plan was to develop the show, the platform into a platform that is monetizable, that I can make my full-time venture. And right now, granted, I don't know how successful I'll be right yet, but you can always help with that. Um, But I'm going to take today to be as, or not even just today, like the past couple of weeks and from here on in, until something specific happens, something exponential happens to make this the opportunity that I'm going to receive to really delve into the platform, delve into the topic and the content and make it really something. You know, if you've been with me for technically the past couple of years, you are first of all awesome because I do not deserve it. But um, you'll know that I've been wanting to make this a full-time thing. And whilst I am between incomes um, and making my last paycheck last as long as possible, I'm going to try to be as productive as possible. So um, what I've done also on Tracy Massey, she was on a few episodes back. Uh, We discussed, um, you know, mental grief coaching and she was, she had that great outfit on, check that one out as well. So after I was let go, uh, we did have an awesome podcaster meeting. Um, we had this great guy, Billy Thorpe, check him out. He's over on the coast of North Carolina. He's got some really great platforms and he came in to discuss monetization with the group. And so, uh, he came in, showed us how he went about acquiring monetization and went about really doing it in his own structured way. So it kind of worked on his time as opposed to kind of doing it how everyone else does it. And, um, Tracy was there. A couple of other people that I've seen before were there and a new friend that I met there, Sinitra was there. And after that, we were like, Hey, let's all meet up. You know, uh, the five of us were really vibing. So it was me, Tracy, Sinitra, and a a married couple who do their own podcast. Um, Angela and her husband, the, uh, do the Crenshaw corner, Crenshaw corner, check them out on Spotify as well. And we just said, you know what? We're driving really, really well. We're driving very, very well. Let let's meet up. And let's discuss this content a bit more. Let's discuss monetization a bit more. So this past weekend, we met up here at the Hookah Studios in Charlotte. And um, we were in a meeting room for, initially, I reserved it for two hours. But we were in there for almost four hours because we were talking so much. And it's because we had a really good chemistry. So that was a really productive day. We were discussing like, okay, let's be a group here. Let's let's turn this into something here and let's hold each other accountable. You know, I'm horrible, horrible at keeping myself accountable for the stuff that I say that I'm going to do. So um, knowing that people will be helping me do that will be really, really, really helpful in the future. So we're going to try to meet up like weekly on the weekends on Zoom, and we're going to try to do like a monthly meetup in person in a meeting room. 
heck yes. And we're going to have a pretty big conversation coming up here in September, which I'm really excited for. Is it September? No, I think October. October. Um, and it's going to be really, really cool. And I think there's going to be a lot of really cool stuff happening with that. So stay tuned for it, please. I think it's going to be really, really interesting. But um, so that happened. So I did the podcast meetup. I did the group meetup. And of course, today was Zero Day, which is a nice, fun um, networking morning event that Huga does um, monthly. And so I was here for that. Free food, free breakfast, free coffee. But I don't do my coffee black. I love you, Huga, but I don't. So I went to the cafe next door and I got myself a latte because <laughs> I'm a basic bitch. Anyway, so that's what I'm doing with my time, right? I'm taking this as the opportunity to take the free time that I have and really make it work to towards something. Um, so with that in mind, I'm definitely, you know, trying to cover all my bases. I'm doing some blogging. If you haven't checked out the blog recently, go ahead and do that. Um, and of course I am trying to make sure that I've got more content for the, um, podcast coming for you as well. Additionally, I am going to start planning out some more really my first ever bit of vlog content and some more ASMR stuff. I know I am definitely overdue for that, but the podcast is definitely kind of forefront right now as per the usual. So we're here also because I do want to share some fun inserts that I had received uh, recently from the audience. Again, submit your story. And if you do, this is what's going to happen. I'll let you know that you're about to get uh, your show, your story shared on the show. This is what we're here for. We're going to discuss these um, questions and just kind of see, um, you know, what's going to be going on in the workspace. You know, we want to make sure that I can, we can help people who are entering that work world, um, find ways to better navigate, to handle situations. And if that means sharing some gossip and finding the conversation within the gossip, so be it. Let's just do this. Okay. So the first, um, uh, submission we have for today, it says I'm working at a startup, 30 employees with uh, biweekly payments for employees. I did not receive any paycheck until four weeks into working. And when I received this, it was only two weeks worth of pay at six weeks. I finally received some of my first two weeks pay, although a quarter of it was missing. I am now in week seven. I have reportedly talked to management about this issue with the excuse of, oh, it's the payroll system we use that's finicky. You'll get it on the next paycheck. On top of this, our CEO, who is effectively HR, is on a lavish, is on a lavish vacation while I still cannot fully have not fully gotten paid for my first two weeks. What can you all recommend I do here? Do I give them the benefit of the doubt and leave it? Um, and believe in its incompetence or is it more likely negligence? Now, initially I was going to say when you didn't see your paycheck for the first four weeks, a lot of companies have that, um, payment style where when you get your first paycheck in the fourth week, it's for the first two full weeks. And then you just like every next paycheck is from the third and fourth week prior to that. Right. Um, but the fact that it took more than three pay cycles to get, I guess the majority even of your first paycheck is a little disconcerting because it shouldn't take nearly, nearly that long. Um, one thing I would always say is like, do not go into any kind of job. Hell, do not even have finish up a final interview before you are like concrete 
on how the pay period works. I've had most of my jobs are, are similar to what I aforementioned, where it's like four weeks in, the first paycheck is the first two weeks of pay. But my a recent job of mine um, was a bit different, where it's like it's the two weeks you just worked. Um, one moment. So um, another thing I'd want us to point out here is that um, it it does sound to me more like negligence. I mean, no one, I mean, it's, I know it's a startup, but you know, I think by the time you're beyond, even before you get to 10 employees, I'd want to make sure that the payment system is figured out. Um, I would definitely, you know, they should have an accountant or a set of accountants who are um, overseeing this to make sure that this doesn't have any additional issues. Um, and when they do, um, they should be, fixing it much quicker than six weeks in seven weeks into your to your employment since it sounds like uh you're a newer employee they've had employees for a time um if you haven't yet also i mean it's it doesn't hurt i know they say like don't talk about pay in the workspace but that's bullshit i would definitely say talk around with your employees find a co-worker that you can trust if you can. And if you can't, red flag, it probably shouldn't be there anyway. But if you can be like, hey, you know, I'm noticing there are these kind of inconsistencies with the pay, what's up with that? And you know, um, any, any, any boss, any boss worth working for, and I'll add that caveat because that's not a common thing these days. Any boss should be able to empathize with the fact that as an entry employee that you likely are, um, the, like the pay has to be consistent hands down, no questions, no ifs, ands, or buts. Um, and that you're obviously, you are showing him good faith or them good faith by working for them. And you're showing them that you are trusting them to ensure that your pay is coming in on time. So you can pay your bills. You can handle your stuff. If you've got kids, you can take care of them. If you've got dogs, take care of them, you know, rent bill, all this and such, which if they're working for you, and now I'm talking to the boss. If someone's working for you, they're trusting that you have all that shit together. And if you don't, no one should be working for you. You should enjoy that lavish vacation because if, if, if it's strict negligence, negligence, like it sounds like it is to me, I don't know why I can't talk today. But if it is the negligence, negligence good God, <laughs> if it's the negligence I think it is, um, yeah, I hope the boss comes back to like no employees because this is some messed up shit. Um, yeah, definitely look into those things. And again, always go into a job with no blind spot regarding the pay, no full well when to expect the pay. And, and like, again, I wouldn't have even waited till the seventh week. The second that the four weeks came in and you didn't get your entire first two weeks pay when it's a biweekly pay period. Mm -mm, mm -mm. be figuring that you'd be figuring that out like right away, like figure it out right away. Otherwise I'd be like, you're going to provide me a glowing recommendation and I'm going to go somewhere else. Because again, if you, if you're a boss, if you are big enough to call yourself a boss, this is the kind of stuff that has to be squared away immediately. Otherwise you really don't deserve any employees. And that's just fact. So <laughs> thank you for the submission and moving on to our next one. So this one, uh, the subject here is like unfair treatment. So that's always going to be a fun one. Uh, let's see. Hello. I have no idea if I'm being overly sensitive or if I should just get over it. I was offered an opportunity slash position. I have it in an email from the hospital director, but the position was offered and given to another employee after being told it was mine. What should I do? Thanks in advance. Well, okay, so let's clarify. 
So if you were offered a position in an email and it was specifically told it was yours, first check who it came from. Like if it comes from the decision maker, then that's it. You know, there should be no offering it to somebody else and letting somebody else take it when you haven't gotten to respond. Now, granted, um, you know, when was it sent? What's the time frame between you receiving the email and when did you respond? You know, did you respond to it? And be like, absolutely. When can I do the paperwork? When can I get the stuff done? I'd be happy to start this new position immediately. Because um, otherwise, if it's just that they sent you an email telling you that you got a new position and they just, for no reason whatsoever, gave it to somebody else, that's some messed up stuff. That should not be happening. Definitely go and clarify, yo, this happened. I'd be like, either you give me the position that you offered to me and that I was about to respond to in a very timely fashion or I'm gone. And you better provide me a glowing recommendation because I will be letting people know that the reason I left you is because you offered me this job and immediately gave it to somebody else. And here's the thing, bosses, when you offer the position to somebody, that's it. <laughs> that is it. You need to, if, if that was a mistake, that is a mistake that you made. Because clearly, because that kind of stuff, you can't just backtrack. You cannot just backtrack. Otherwise, you've got a huge HR, HR issue. <clears throat> there's just no, yeah, there's no excuse for that. But again, devil's advocate. When did you receive the offer? And what was the time frame between receiving the offer and you responding to it or going to respond to it? And then this other person being offered the position, because that is weird that they, they would clarify that you got a position and then offer it to somebody else. I'm concerned that you may not have mentioned there's a kind of time frame in there in which you didn't respond, in which case, if it was a long enough time period, I mean, I would if I was the boss and I was of sound mind and I was astute as a boss, I would definitely, if I'm offering somebody a bigger position, I wouldn't just send you the one email. I would be like constantly hounding you for an answer because if i do have a position open that's higher it's likely going to be in pretty big demand and more in the the sense that i have the as the boss need to get it filled by somebody so that the work that this position holds and has responsibility over is being taken care of so just saying but based on what i hear here here read here that's rude all this belching. But based on what I'm reading, I would say it's weird. Doesn't sound right. Um, if this was like immediate, you have the job. Oh, let's give it to this person. That's messed up. Needs to be fixed. And again, it, because it's weird, I, I would like to know if there are these kind of caveats missing. So if you can, send some more details and we'll have further discussion on it. But in the meantime, thank you for the submission. Alrighty, I hate that my mouse doesn't like to work all the time. Okay, where, what in the, okay, there we go. <laughs> all right, this one looks like it comes from either a hotel or maybe even a department complex um, concierge. I've <laughs> been there. So uh, this one is titled, Guests Think I'm Lying When I Say That We're Fully Booked. So it sounds like a hotel. So uh, this is a legitimate conversation I had with a guest, and this happens quite often throughout the week. Love that. So guest says, do you have any availability for this date? Me? No, unfortunately, we don't have any rooms available for this day. Guest says, I need a room that day. 
Me, I'm sorry, but we're fully booked. I don't have anything available. Guest, why don't you have any rooms? Me, yes, like I said, we are fully booked. Guest, why? Me, well, it's summer, people are traveling. Guest, I get that, but I don't understand how you're fully booked when I need a room in a couple of days. Me, guests, oh, sorry, me, guests book ahead of time to ensure their room is reserved. It always, it's always suggested to book in advance for summer due to higher volume. Guests, while I didn't plan to travel, it's a last minute trip, not our fault. Um, me, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do. I currently don't have any cancellations. Guest just grunts and leaves the hotel. Oh, so this was in person. Okay, I th thought this was on the phone. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> do people not know what fully booked means? Like, I'm not speaking pig Latin. Your poor planning is not the hotel's fault. Do you expect me to knock down some walls and build a new room for you? I get it's frustrating, but still not the hotel's fault. Maybe call the hotel before wasting your time going to the hotel. Yeah, okay, so you know how the customer is not always right, and just in case you haven't heard, the customer is not always right. More so for the prospective customer, because you are never right. So uh, again, being I, so when I was a concierge in Uptown, <laughs> I had so many of this happen. So obviously when you sign a lease, and unlike for a hotel, this is a place where you're going to be staying for a year, not like a weekend, but a year, right? So um, I worked at a Hive-style apartment complex, which means instead of the um, uh, units being like spread out across a uh, property, the all the units were in a singular building, so it's a Hive-style. Um, so <laughs> I worked in a, an apartment complex like that, and... I would have so many idiot prospective, not even prospective residents because they had paid their lease or signed a lease. So they were going to be moving in point blank. And so the way that it was set up was that they would, if I was there that day or if any concierge was there that day when they signed the lease, um, we tried to grab them for a conversation and be like, hey, okay, so it looks like you're going to move in this day. Um, let's set you up for the service elevator. That way I can get you into the loading dock and you can have a free space to... Um, move all of your stuff from whatever moving truck you're using and put it into the service elevator. That way you can get like your, the big stuff, tables, beds and whatnot up into your, your unit. And we take care of it that way. But I would have so many idiotic new residents who would call in days or even days, either days after signing the lease or days or a day before uh, their moving date to be like, Hey, I need the service elevator for, this day. And so I would look and be like, sure, let me see if I have any availability. Um, and if I did have availability, I would say, Hey, so I does look like I have a blocked time here. I can reserve you for that. And they'd be like, no, sorry, I'm going to be moving in there at this time frame." And I'd be like, well, unfortunately we have a move in or a move out at that time frame. So the service elevator and the loading dock will be booked. Um, I'm not going to be able to, unless we get a cancel, which we don't have in the books, I'm not going to be able to you know, get you in there because somebody's already got it. And immediately added to like, dumbass, did I tell you not to properly time when to reserve your need for that loading dock? No. And God, I really hope some of them are listening to this because you stupid. Um, and even if I, and I can be fully booked as well and be like, I'm sorry, I've got no availability that day. And of course, and here's the other caveats, not even the caveat, but the other piece of info for them too. They will always, always, always already have booked their moving people on a specific day and time frame, so that that's the only option they have because they stupid 
and I, they'd still give me attitude for not having any available time because like, is that my fault? No. <laughs> is it your fault? Yes. It is your fault. You know, there's, there's always, 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 there's a concierge available between 7 a.m. and 11 p.m. You cannot sit there and tell me that there was not a concierge available for you to speak to when you signed your lease. Well before you booked your moving company and the time from you booked them for. Okay. So the fact that, again, you did not think at all about the timing is not my fault. And I'm not going to sit on the phone and pretend like it is. So that sucks for you. And same thing for this one. You know, if it's a holiday thing, the summer, are you kidding me? It's like, if you're, if you're like in the 1% and you're like, you know what, I'm going to spend the holidays at Christmas time in the plaza, you know, and you call like Christmas Eve and be like, hello, Plaza. Do you by chance have any rooms available? I will be the trashy person in the concierge desk and be like, no, I got nothing for tomorrow. It is Christmas Eve. Tomorrow, the big day. Everyone who's going to be here for Christmas got here like a week ago. <laughs> uh, so, and <laughs> try a bougie bitch trying to prime with me. Mm-mm not here for it. Uh, but yeah, it's the same stupidity. Like you drove to, I really hope honestly, because you're that stupid from this submission here, I hope you drove far. (laughs) I really hope you drove far. You drove all the way over to the hotel from wherever the hell you live. And you had the, you had found along the way, the goal to have the audacity to be upset with the concierge. Cause you didn't think ahead. Granted, sure, it is like a off, it's apparently an off the cuff vacation, but that's still the same issue. If it's an off the cuff vacation, then you should know before you even get in your car that you should probably double check to see if anything in the area that you're going to travel to has any kind of availability. Stupid. Thank you for your submission, though. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so this one is talking about reasons for firing. Let's see. Why do employees let, sorry, why do companies let people go and refuse to tell the ones left what happened and why? Is there a legal reason? I ask because it's happened at my company several times in the last year, and it leaves me feeling unsettled, on edge, and more willing to leave a company that I truly love working for. Well, one, you hate to see it. You hate to see that you're at a company that you like working for, but the way that apparently they go about handling business like that has you feeling uneasy and you want to leave. You hate to see it. Now, why do they not tell everyone? To be honest, it can be either or legal or they just don't want to. I know, um, well, for instance, the first time I got fired, I know my boss is such a gossip mouth anyway that she probably told the employees anyway, or she told them why beforehand. So it's not like they weren't aware. They were aware. Um, most recently, I know that um, it wasn't like expanded across the entire company, but I do know that particular individuals that I was close with on the floor did go into a meeting and have a discussion regarding why I was no longer with them. Um, but it really could be any reason. 
If there is legal reasons, it's probably because there's some kind of huge policy maybe was disregarded by the employee. Um, but I mean, even still, I mean, I, and honestly, I think with, with most of what I've seen when a person's been fired from a company, the most I've typically ever gotten, um, if I was not the person being fired, and again, I've only been fired twice, but, um, if it's like happened somewhere else in the company, you like, you always get the email like this person's no longer employed by this company. We wish them the best of luck on their career adventures, yada, yada, yada. Um, and typically the why they got fired in my experience has only been spread around by gossip <laughs> and why they left. Uh, so it's all kind of up in the air. I mean, granted, I, I, I mean, here's what you can always do. Here's what you can always do if you're in that situation where like you don't know why people are being fired left and right and you're feeling really unsettled and just reach out to like your boss and be like, hey, I'm noticing this is happening. I like working here, but the fact that there's this kind of rate of this thing happening has me really worried and I don't know what's going on. Can you tell me like if I'm in a good space? Like how is my performance? Do I need to work on anything? Do I need to be mindful of certain things just to make sure that I'm kind of off that radar? Because obviously I like working here and I don't want that to happen to me or like and even ask your boss like, hey, look, depending on how I'm doing right now and why they're being let go, do I need to be a bit more proactive? Do I need to be looking for other positions because this is weird? I don't like it. You can always, you should always, let me say this, you should always have at least a supervisor that provides you an atmosphere and a relationship enough to where you should feel comfortable touching base with them and being like, hey, this thing is going on. Can I talk to you? I'm a little worried. Can we work on this? You know, can you give me some details? Give me some feedback, you know, and if you could do that um, and if you're in this situation here, I would say do it, touch base with your immediate supervisor who can provide you with that information or at least who can acquire it and then provide it to you. Um, because it, def it definitely sucks to not know. It always sucks. Um, but do that. If you have a boss you trust, reach out to them and be like, hey, I'm noticing this thing happening. I'm a little worried. Should I be concerned about that for me? Am I on that same radar? Can I work on some things? How do I keep myself in a good position here? Or is there something else happening kind of outside of anyone's control? And should I look for another position somewhere else? And if it's the latter, sometimes it happens, you know, some big media companies in the past few years have done some major um, let goes. I know iHeartMedia back in 2019, they let go of 30% of their workforce. And that was just because they wanted to get themselves further out of debt because the guys at the top are stupid. So they, yeah, they let go of 30% of their workforce. And then of course, during the pandemic, um, pretty much all the part-times were furloughed. So yeah, definitely crazy stuff happens. And another company, I think Beasley it was, they also just did kind of like a big let go of their employees and people took a pay cut. So yeah, um, things like that happen. Um, you know, it, it's not anybody's, well, it's not your fault. <laughs> It's not, it's somebody's fault, um, but it's not your fault. But, and sometimes those situations arise and you just got to be proactive if you can, if you learn about it far enough in advance, prepare for it and have something prepared in the meantime. Um, another thing I would also give for a tidbit, and I got this piece of advice from a teacher uh, prior to my um, graduation from App State. Um, don't ever ask if you can get a, ref a reference from somebody, ask them what kind of reference 
they can get for you. Because um, you don't want to ask somebody who you think knows you well enough, but they don't really know you well enough, or they don't like you well enough, and they'll provide just this really crappy reference <laughs> and screw you out of who knows how many jobs. So ask anyone who oversees you, coworkers too. Like most of my references on my official reference list, which I barely ever have to share, um, are coworkers, people who are in kind of the same vein as me, um, same vibe so they understand, and so they're always willing to give a good response and a good reference. Um, ask them what kind of reference, not if they can give you a reference, but what kind of reference. And I think you'll help that kind of provides you a better reference list if you need it. Um, maybe it's just like the broadcast role, but I've not had to submit a reference list very much. I had to do it more outside of college, like right out of college, but in the past few years, no one really ever asks me for a reference list, which is crazy. But yeah, do those things um, and that should help you out for real. And we're going to close this episode. But before I go, do not forget again, um, if you want to support the channel, my Patreon will be in the description below. Um, and you can see all the fun things that you'll get with that. Um, and checking out five bucks a month. I'm not doing a whole bunch of tiered stuff right now because we're still building up. Now in the future, um, if you are here for a while, I'll look at this some kind of discount for you. But for now, just five bucks a month for Patreon. Um, let's develop this into the awesome community that I know it can be. Also, if you want to, um, uh, also submitting to Patreon, subscribing on YouTube, those are all great ways for you guys to be, um, acknowledged as awesome supporting listeners. And I will have your name included on a list of names in the upcoming episodes of casual babble. So do that connect Patreon, subscribe, um, and also make sure that you are subscribed to the mailing list on casualbabble.com. Make sure to reach out if you're in the Queen City and you want to be a guest and showcase your experience. Also submit your stories, submit more like these ones we had today on the show, which were awesome. I really enjoyed the submissions. Um, they are just a great way for us to include so many other people who are not able to be here in person in the studio. And I love doing that. Um, don't forget to go to um, all my uh, platforms. TikTok again is the big one. And I want to schedule a time to do a nice live discussion with you guys. Ask any questions you want. Um, otherwise, let's just kind of have a hangout and have some fun. I do want to look into some other options with music. Um, and I will submit those ideas to you guys as well. But again, Patreon, YouTube, newsletter. Um, let's support the channel. Let's get as much going here. Let's see where the, what this turns into. And uh, again, we have 700, almost 760 active listeners per episode throughout my platforms. It's growing really, really well. And I cannot wait to see where it goes. So keep engaging, keep sharing again, Patreon, YouTube, and TikTok. I will see you guys there. And I hope you have an awesome day. Thank you.